0: Welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. Welcome to The Breach, season three, episode five. I'm Ty, and tonight's episode is going to be on the image of God. And I recently heard Pastor Andrew Willis speaking on the image of God. And what he covered, I'm going to be discussing a lot of tonight. So I can't really take credit for any of this. But I definitely think we need to cover this before we can really understand what revival is is and how we can advance into revival and into the awakening uh, across the nation. So the image of God is not something that we can carve into an image of what we want God to be. There cannot be an awakening of a nation if, you know, we're chasing after an image that God isn't. So we see a good example of this in Exodus chapter 32 I'm going to read through a lot of this and I really think there's some things in here that are that are often looked over. So we see Moses go up to the mountain and the people are wondering where he is. So they go to Aaron, the priest. He is the priest. Yet when the people come to him, they say, you know, come make us gods. And in verse two, we see Aaron answer them. He says, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. Now, this is a leader that has fallen into the trap that many pastors fall into today. This leader wants to appease the people. He gives them what they are asking for, which is the exact opposite of what God has commanded them to do. God is replaced at this point because they aren't happy with the way things are. So this is the way a lot of churches look like because the gospel is removed because people don't want the gospel. They want a God that they imagine. And Andrew Willis breaks this down in an amazing way. He has an entire series called The Image of God. So, in verse 3, I heard Andrew Willis point out one word that I've never really paid much attention to. In verse 3, it says, So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. The word all is the emphasis here. All the people. How many times have we seen that... The majority of a congregation won't tithe because in reality, if you're not tithing, you're robbing God and you're saying that God is your money because that's what we're looking to for provision instead of God. But when pastors or priests or whatever, like we see Aaron do here, but if they give the people the image of God that they want, then all the people will give their money. They don't hold it back because it's a God they, they imagine. And we see here in verse four, he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast into the shape of a calf. And we see God being shaped into whatever form we want him to be. we can tell by the way, a lot of people talk about God. Then they said, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. So it didn't stop there. In verse five, it says, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings after they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Here we see what every pastor would love to see on a Sunday morning at church. All the people getting up and showing up. But the problem here is, it's the God they imagine, the God they want, and they can say that this God provided for them and brought them out of slavery, which is, is crazy because it's all a part of their imagination. And of course, we see Moses come down from the mountain and there's loud noises and Joshua hears it. And he says to Moses, this is the sound of war in the camp. And Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory. It is the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. And I've covered some of this in some of the earlier episodes of this season, but here, no wonder there's defeat. It's a false God, it's the God they imagine. But the people are singing in their defeat. They're wallowing in it, like a pig rolls around in the mud. That's what these people are doing. The Lord replies to Moses in verse 33, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now go, lead the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their sin. The problem with a lot of people now, like Christians now, And I'm not talking to the people that don't follow Christ. The people who say they're not Christians, this isn't to you. This is about Christians who profess Christ, but they're really professing a God they imagine. This scripture isn't talked about much because in verse 33, we see the wrath of God. And a lot of Christians nowadays They think that they are special. They think God loves me so much. I can do no wrong. No matter what I do, God will forgive me. And he just thinks I'm so special and he'll bring me up and lift me up. But they live like God doesn't exist. They want a God. They imagine a God that just thinks that they are so special that there's nothing that can really break fellowship with them and God. And they just say all these uh, feel good scriptures to back up how they feel about a God who really is a God of wrath because he's a jealous God. Of course, he put that wrath on Jesus. But if we get the image we want, we will give. We want to believe that God thinks we are so special and that nothing can make him angry, whether he has no hate only love. There's no need for repentance because God is full of grace, but you cannot have grace without repentance. Grace isn't something that where a Christian can say, I've sinned, but I can continue sinning because God's already forgiven my sins and I can live whatever way I want. That is totally wrong because in Colossians 121, we're labeled enemies of God of course that's before being covered in the blood through repentance and forgiveness which means we don't go back to the way we used to live if we reject the sacrifice of jesus we will be on the receiving end of rejection rejection of jesus is a refusal to change and follow the one who died for us we will follow jesus or we will follow the devil this is where it gets very hard to hear because this is bible we will belong to the father in heaven or we will belong to the father of lies the devil the father of imitation accusation deception and the father of temptation now in the book of john chapter 8 now i'm not going to read all of this But in verse 29 through 45, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not let me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And he spake these words, and many believed on him. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free but people, I'm going to go ahead and stop right here for a second. A lot of people, they hear the truth and they're like, yeah, we're going to follow Jesus. But when they really start reading about the truth or being told about the truth, that's when many walk away because they like the idea. They like to imagine who Jesus is and who God is and what they can receive. But when it actually costs something, all the people will not give because it's not the God they imagine. So in verse 33, it says, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest you, you shall be made free. I'll stop there again. <laughs> How are they going to say they've never been in bondage to any man? They want a Messiah Now, forget about all of the things that happened before Jesus got there. Like, you know, you have Egypt and you have Babylon and things like that. Now they're under Roman oppression and they want a Messiah to come rescue them. But here they say, we've never been in bondage to any man. Jesus answered them, verse 34, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Now, there's that truth that they don't want to hear. In verse 36, it says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. Now, I'm going to stop there again. Jesus recognizes that there's no place for them to receive this truth. They, They don't want to accept it, and Jesus recognizes this, and he calls them out on it. He calls them out. Do you understand what that means? It means they are in the wrong and they don't want to receive it. So he calls them out. This is not judgmental. This is rebuke. This is, I love you enough to tell you that you are in the wrong because I want you to walk with me. So you're in the right light. A lot of people hear that kind of stuff from a pastor and they're like, Oh, I'm offended. I'm out They're They're just judgmental or condemning. They're not condemning you. Jesus isn't condemning anybody here. He's just calling out what he's seeing to fix it because he doesn't want them to stay there. In verse 38, I speak that which I have seen with my father and you do that, which you have seen with your father. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. So here we see Jesus mentioning their father, but he's not talking about Abraham. You know, father Abraham had many sons and many sons had father Abraham. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about that father. What father is he talking about? Verse 41, you do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. So they, they're not receiving his word. So they're saying that. They love god but if they truly love god they would follow jesus now what father is jesus talking about concerning these jews and we see the truth in john chapter 8 verse 44 and this would be hard for anybody to swallow because many would walk away from the faith if jesus was here in the flesh in a pulpit speaking to a congregation the very ones who claim they love Jesus and follow Jesus and you know, God loves would walk away from this very message in verse 44. You are of your father, the devil and the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and was not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. And in verse 45, Jesus said, and because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. How do we know that the father of these people is the devil? Because they don't want the truth. They don't accept the truth that Jesus gives them. We have many people today that do not want the truth because they're being called out of their sinful life. They don't want to accept that because they think they can do no wrong and they are being held accountable, but they don't want to change because they want to continue following their father instead of Jesus's father who holds the truth. So these people don't have the willingness to walk in truth. So they reject the truth And their father is the devil. God is no respecter of men. You're not special. I gotta say that right now. You are unique. Every person on this planet is unique and has potential to fulfill the Great Commission in unique ways. But you're not special enough to where Jesus' death isn't needed in your life. Salvation is needed. To be a Christian. You're not special in that manner to where you're the exception. Nobody is the exception for all have sin and come short. That's the truth. And if you can't accept that, you can't be a Christian. So i really felt like this needed to be discussed tonight before we went any further in season three, because season three is all about revival. And we see a lot of people that have rejected the truth for so long and lived in whatever manner they want. And now revival is happening. People are seeing the truth and turning from their old ways. And they're accepting the truth because they want the truth inside of them. And that's how you can tell there is a revival because their lives are revived for God and they're on fire. And we need to kindle that flame. We don't want the fire on our altar to ever go out. We need to chase what the Holy Spirit is doing. We need to walk in whichever way He is leading us, just like Jesus received the Holy Spirit and then He walked out a life filled with fire. We need to get back into our prayer lives. That's truth. A lot of people will give excuses. I don't have the time. My schedule is busy. (sighs) Guys, I get it. My schedule is so busy. But it does, I'm not going to let it rob me of what God has for me. And that is a relationship with him. That relationship matters. So I, I come to my altar every morning. I study, I meditate. I've been meditating on uh, a lot of the Old Testament things that have been going on with the Israelites. And I just overlooked what Andrew Willis was talking about. All the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. What are you bringing to the one true God, the one that provides, the one that has brought you out of bondage? We were all slaves to something. We can even be slaves to ourselves, our own selfish, fleshly desires. But once we're free from that, we need to remember who freed us from it and get up and meet him. The devil will use good things that God has blessed us with to take his place. We need to hold on to the things God has given us, not give them away to a false god throw our gifts away, pretty much. God has given us gifts. And if we don't use those gifts and use our prayer life, we're giving them to a false God because we're not giving them to the one true God. We're throwing them in the trash. We're letting them go to waste. And let me tell you, Satan is okay with you just showing up to church on Sunday and not doing anything else during the week. He's okay with that because you're neutralized. You're not doing anything for the kingdom, I'm asking everyone in season three, before we continue to press, press into the things of God, talk to God, listen to God, meditate on his word, and God will reveal things that you've never noticed. I never noticed that word all there in this context. It was just one three letter word. But when I heard Andrew Willis talking about it, it just, it clicked in me. And I said, you know, when people get what they want, they're willing to, you know, show up. They're willing to give if they're willing, if if they're getting what they, they desire and what their imaginations are coming up with, which is a false God. I think we can all agree that the knowledge of God is truth. So tonight... I've already challenged you to press into the things of God. I've challenged you to make time for your prayer life so you can praise and worship. You can talk to God. You can give prayer requests. You can listen to God, meditate on his word, read some scripture, and just pray about that scripture. Think about it throughout the day. Ask God to reveal something to you. And use it, and we need to apply it to our lives. So, in 2 Corinthians 10:5, is what I'm gonna close with tonight. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought, our imagination, to make it obedient to Christ. So, we don't get to have, um, use the imagination that God gives us and create something that goes against God. Our imaginations are a gift and God wants us to use them as long as it, it goes with truth, not your truth, the only truth. Jesus is the w- way, the truth, and the life. If you don't like it, it doesn't matter because it's still the truth. And the truth is God doesn't just want you to be happy. We hear people all the time say that God wants me to be happy. No, no, he, he doesn't want you to just be happy. He does want you happy, but he doesn't just want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. And that's where the change comes in. Don't be like the Israelites and be interested only in what makes you happy but not holy. He knows happily unholy people rob glory from God. There's a book I'm reading right now. It's called the gospel according to Satan. And it discusses eight lies about God that sound like the truth. And the devil is not stupid. He knows how to twist things that are our desires and turn them into the way we imagine God because it's, I mean, it's our desires. Don't fall for the trap. And we'll discuss those eight lies later. See you guys next week. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ and are ready to come to God, we at Charlie Mike would like to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. But first we wanna be clear. Praying a sinner's prayer is not a ticket into heaven. These are not magic words you must follow Christ and live for him. You cannot receive salvation by your own merits, but by what Jesus has already done. Ask to receive the Holy spirit to be filled and experience what God has for you. You will not live the same life and you won't be able to keep Jesus to yourself. If you become a Christ follower, first John two 4 tells us that the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. Those commandments are to love God and to love others. If you love God, you will follow him. And if you truly love others, you will want others to experience God and give their lives to him as well. So if you are ready to pray, pray this. God, I ask for forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for me and nothing I have done wrong is too great for the power of his blood that was shed for me. I am ready to forsake the world and live a changed life because I realize how much you love me. I love you, and am ready to live for you. If you made the decision to surrender yourself to God and follow Jesus, I encourage you to spend time daily with him in prayer, reading his word and worshiping him for who he is. Much will be revealed to you in this time with him. Be a part of a community of believers who grow in the fullness of God's word and join a church that does the same. Get involved and stay accountable with each other. Also, please let us know that you made this decision by emailing us at charliemike.me at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash International.